0: We come to the last bit of James chapter 4 tonight and uh, wanting to look at a very relevant passage once again. So thank you for joining me during this time of uh, just brief study for this midweek meeting and do trust that tonight would be of great uh, encouragement and also a challenge to you as we consider these words uh, led uh, by the Spirit, uh, James writing this. And preserved for us over these many, many years. Well, let me pray for us and then we can get stuck right into the study. I'll read the scripture after we've prayed and then follow through on the study. Lord, we do thank you once again that we can share together like this uh, in your word, from your word. But Lord, acknowledging again our dependence on your spirit, your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, our counselor, our comforter. uh, Lord, convicting us. Where we need to be corrected and even led in paths of righteousness. And so, as we come tonight, Lord, once again, just praying that you would give me the words to speak simply, clearly. And, Lord, each of us, just a willingness to submit to your word that you've so clearly uh, revealed and given to us. We pray for each other tonight, Lord, as we face various circumstances, different circumstances. Uh, some rejoicing tonight, Lord, others in uh, in the midst of difficulty and just praying that your gracious and good hand be upon them, that you be their portion. And Lord, each of us knowing day by day that you indeed are our God, that you are our Father, that we, Lord, are your children. And so bless this time as we continue now, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, right, it's James chapter 4, and we're going to consider the passage from verse 13. Uh, James writes, he says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And so just so far the reading um, of God's word tonight. So our study tonight, I have entitled the study Planning for the Future. We are at the end of 2022 and uh, I have no doubt that many are looking ahead to 2023. Uh, Even for us as a church, there is uh, activity going on uh, concerning plans for 2023. And so this passage uh, does contain a message for us from God uh, to say something to us regarding planning for the future. Now, there's No doubt, I'm sure in your mind and certainly in my own mind, that there are different approaches, different ways that one can tackle this uh, task of planning, regardless of being a church or an individual or a business or perhaps somebody still at school or university. And on the one end, on the one extreme, it would be better to say you can do nothing and simply uh, live your life like a rolling stone. Just take things as they come, as they unfold and not pay much attention or don't give many uh, minutes or many thoughts to the future. Uh, Or, like many, as we turn to this passage tonight, uh, you can do your own thing. That's what I've called this first point. It's what I find uh, James addressing in this particular passage. And uh, he's addressing uh, an issue about those who have made some kind of attempt at planning and it is a specific kind of attempt that we're going to be examining and uh, let's assume that as you listen to this tonight you have made plans uh, for your future not only 2023 but, but even beyond that uh, thinking about uh, the longer term, uh, perhaps a, a career move, uh, perhaps some kind of retirement uh, uh, plans that you have in your mind and and something that you're moving towards. And so you have determined in your mind a particular pathway going forward. You have determined a particular direction and some specific plans that you have in mind. So the question that would answer what James is going to be addressing tonight is what has your approach been? What, what is your approach when you make plans uh, for the future, short-term or even longer-term? What was your planning approach? And the question that is raised is, have you done or just done your own thing? You've applied your mind and considered your circumstances, and nobody else, nothing else is being considered. God certainly is not in the picture, and Like those James refers to in this passage, excuse me, in verse 13, come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. The question before us tonight is not that it is wrong to plan. We are stewards. We have much that God has entrusted to us in terms of uh, things, material things. But God has also given us a life to live. And we ought to be good stewards as we live that life that he has given to us. So planning is not the problem. We need to be good stewards. I would suggest to you tonight, as I've looked at this passage, it's more so our attitude and your mindset in the midst of your particular approach to planning what 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 is your attitude what what is your approach? if you look at this passage you can see that these people were all involved in very comprehensive planning and they were more even more so involved in what we would call today uh, exercises in strategy. you just analyze that verse that 13th verse uh, the plan that they have a plan today and tomorrow. Uh, the place, we will go to such and such a town. There's, there's, there are specifics that they have in mind. The, the period, we'll spend a year there. Uh, the, the program, we're going to trade. They're going to do business and, and the purpose for doing business. The verse ends, and make a profit. There you can see here something of the comprehensive nature that James is raising regarding these people about their particular attitude and mindset in planning. It looks so good. It looks like they really are being diligent and faithful and good stewards. In fact, we would say, it could easily say, it looks as if these people had been to first century business school. But there's a problem. There's a big problem. It's a problem that we need to consider, that we must consider. God is nowhere in the picture. God is not in the picture. There's no reference, as James raises the issue as he gets them to think about this planning. No reference to the sovereign providence of God. There's no consulting the will of God. It is as if they believe that they are in control of their destiny, even to the finest detail. It's an attitude That's why I raise the issue of this being an attitude or a mindset issue. It's a mindset that lays aside any acknowledgement of God. In other words, it's independent of God. God is outside of the picture. God is excluded from the picture. There's no realization or understanding of the waywardness of the human heart. There's no understanding. There's no expression of the limitations that we have as human beings. And it has as its objective material acquisition, accumulation, obsession, making profit, doing business, acquiring wealth. And so, what is behind that? Is it not self? Self service is it not pride as the underlying issue as these people plan as masters of their own destiny forgetting the wisdom taught them in the old testament from a verse like proverbs chapter 16 verse 1 the plans of the heart belong to man but the answer of the tongue is from the lord it is a foolishness In doing your own thing. that's the challenge that we have to consider before us tonight. As you think about your future. And certainly as I think about my future. uh, We have plans. But are we consulting? Are we considering uh, God and God's will and God's way? God's thoughts with respect to our planning. The foolishness here is further illustrated by exposing a level of arrogance, presumption. And have a look at verse 14. It seems to be emerging amongst these people. And he points out to them in verse verse 14 very clearly. And yet you're planning, you're doing this, and, and, and you're forgetting, you're forgetting this very, very important reality that you do not know what tomorrow will bring. None of us do. We don't even know whether we'd wake up tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. And then he makes the statement. He asks the question, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Sobering thought. Perhaps it's something we don't like to think about, something we don't want to think about. But indeed, our lives are uh, like a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And so there's a word of caution. There's a word of caution which takes me to my second point. Something that we need to be aware of. Uh, something certainly I've learned in recent days with the passing of Carol, re- recent years. Life is short and so uncertain for any of us any of us. The, uh, the, the realization of this fact that life is short, that life is uncertain, puts planning into a proper perspective. It drives home a very, very significant point that we must never forget. That God is God, that God is sovereign, that you and I are creatures significant yes for a moment like the flowers of the field but gone we're finite we have limitations think about history I love history there's a history course that Isaac is presenting on a Sunday morning after the uh, the hill morning service and I've so appreciated attending some of those classes just a reminder uh, to me of of us being part of a slither of history but of so much that has gone before, of mighty men and women that have come and gone and disappeared and forgotten. Just think about some of the, the major uh, highlights that are, are mentioned in history past. Where is the Roman Empire? It's gone. It's gone. The great USSR, even in our, uh, our lifetime, uh, mighty for a season struggling at the moment go further back in history and you can ask about napoleon's continental system or hitler's thousand year reich i think we had someone in our country talking about reigning until jesus returns absolute blasphemous statement where is that person you see history history is littered with sometimes only the wreckage, and often no more than the faintest memories of the greatest human effort, endeavor, and planning. And so the message tonight, as we consider this passage from James, don't forget the brevity of your life. These people said, we will, we will. You see the determination, the presumption, the arrogance. God said, you don't know. You don't know. They planned, they planned going ahead for a whole year. God said they could not even be sure about the very next day. They thought they were independent, masters of their own destiny. God said that they were ignorant. We can see this uh, brevity of life repeatedly raised in the scriptures, going back to the Old Testament in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 15. Our days on earth are like a shadow. Job chapter 7, verse 6 and 7. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Remember that my life is a breath. Psalm 39, verse 5. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands As a mere breath. Psalm 102, verse 11 My days are like an evening shadow, I wither away like the grass. Even in 2022, and going ahead, God willing, 2023, with all of our sophistication and civilization and technology and medication. Life is brief brief, and death is certain. You and I are not yet to stay. We are here for a season and then we are to go. Thomas Gray, these famous words that he put so well, the paths of glory lead but to the grave. I watched a bit of soccer earlier today, uh, earlier the evening in the evening, and I saw some of the Brazilian soccer greats sitting in the stadium. They can't play soccer anymore. Most of them looked overweight and old. Soon they'll be gone. They had a glory day for a season, but they headed to the grave like the rest of us. Jesus spoke of a similar issue to the businessman, a well-known passage who would, would have done well to remember this fact. Things were going so well that he planned. Remember the passage? Great confidence, build bigger barns. And then he said, uh, with plenty of good things laid up for many years, he could afford to take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Luke chapter 12 and verse 19. But he had forgotten. The sovereignty of God. He had forgotten his own limited lifespan, the brevity of life. He had forgotten that God is in control of all things. And so God said to him in verse 20 from Luke chapter 12. Fool, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared. Whose will they be? You take nothing. Nothing with you. You see, this man was more concerned about harvest. He was more concerned about gathering than heaven. Didn't think about hell, the consequences of disregarding God. He was preoccupied with accounts and wealth. He forgot that he was accountable to his maker, to his creator. So life is not about earthly and material gain. Yes, it is part of life, but it's not the end and perhaps we could say the be-all and the end-all of all things. We are meant for God, for holiness, and for heaven. And because it is so brief, our life is so brief and so fragile, we should constantly be asking God for help. And and, and we have this in the, in the Psalms, this, this wonderful phrase in Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Already, well, since you've been listening to this, you're probably 15 or 20 minutes older than you were when you started. And tomorrow a day older. And next year a year older. That's if you're still alive. You see, so we see an attitude of a heart of wisdom that leads to a godly response with regard to planning the future, which we'll pick up in the next couple of verses. I've put it under the heading of some practical dependence on and submission to God. Now, they are two very important aspects. It's dependence on understanding I'm a creature, that I'm dependent on God, and it's understanding that I, I am in submission to God voluntarily or even involuntarily. So James gives the alternative now in verse 15. He says, instead, you ought to. He has a better way. This is, this is a, a, the wise way. Uh, the, this way, you, you're going to include God in the picture. And, and this is a, the better way to conduct yourself in planning for this brief life that you have again. I've put it under a co- couple of headings, a couple of pointers to guide us as individuals and even as a church to an appropriate way, an appropriate mindset, an approach that we ought to have in our planning. The first is to have a holy caution. Verse fifteen. Instead, you ought to say, "If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this and that." You see, it's 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 this it's a false notion that has emerged even among some Christians today that that they have this most massive confidence about tomorrow, about everything, and and there's there's a sense of what I would w- want to even call triumphalism amongst believers. Uh, uh, certainties that they cannot be certain about that only God knows about. There, there's this holy caution, Lord. I live under you. I live at. at, at you you determine all that you you give and allow and, and and permit and and design sometimes this triumphalism comes under the guise of spirituality especially where there has been this creeping in of error in the church regarding prosperity and and also regarding people who strut around uh, complaining at least co- claiming not complaining claiming revelation from god For just about anything. There's almost this casual confidence in attaching God has told me next year and 10 years time and and 20 years. God has not told you. God has not told you. It's this inward subjectivity uh, being led by feelings and inclinations that have been confused with the objective revelation of God's word. And so to speak on behalf of God or for God is an awesome responsibility and should not be done uh, lightly. The counsel here, holy caution, be tentative. If God wills, if God permits, if God agrees, if God extends my time, if God allows, if God gives grace, be cautious about pronouncements. Regarding the future. And it's not to encourage doubt. That. That's why I use the word approach and mindset. It's a mindset that me as a frail human being with all sorts of vulnerabilities live under the reign of God. Our confidence does not rest on our sure knowledge, does not rest on our control of the future, but on God who controls the future. A God who knows the end from the beginning. The right attitude says, if it is the Lord's will, we will do this and we will do that. God willing. Well, there's another aspect that we can look at and I've called it godly humility. Verse 16, as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Godly humility. Such a hard Difficult virtue to nurture. But there's a word of rebuke about pride and about boasting, and especially regarding accomplishments that set people up, up for boasting about the future, where they consider their own abilities as exceptional or uh, have particular strategies that they think are unique and successful, and vision and energy and, and ministry. No. No, humility. Let's talk more about God. Let's talk more about the clarity of what God has revealed. Clarity about our dependence on God, our need for God. Instead of constantly talking about ourselves. Dependence on God. Submission to God. It's a way of faithfulness and obedience. Not always the way of outward success and glamour. Micah chapter 6 verse 8, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly, to walk humbly with your God. And then thirdly, willing obedience, another component of this approach or this mindset, obedience to the known will of God. That's why scriptures are so important because there we have a record that has been preserved for us over these literally thousands of years to know the mind of God, obedience to the known will of God, the objective revealed truth, the Bible, this being the path to holiness. James chapter 4, verse 17, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. What is the right thing to do for certain? That which has been revealed. And so what do we do? We search the scriptures. Why? What is it that God has said? What is it that God has commanded all of us? What did God command specific people? What can we learn? How can we grow? And so we must listen as God speaks to us from the Bible to obey him. Also in the church, what do we do? What is it that uh, involves us in the life of the church? God has given us clear instructions. We are simply messengers, ambassadors, servants. We are stewards under His authority, uh, doing His work at His will, at His command, with His instructions. We can summarize that for the church, ministry of the gospel, that which we preach, that which we ought to live. Always preoccupied, having it the central center of everything, Christ crucified and raised from the dead this at the center center of all that we say and and even do, Christ glorified as the goal of everything, all in line with God's purposes bringing about that which he is unfolding in redemptive history. And so what do we do in the church? We do the work of being evangelists, preaching repentance and forgiveness of sin. We preach uh, the reality of of sins forgiven and and uh, making disciples in His name, uh, acting at all times in sincerity and honesty and and good order. Loving involvement in the lives of our hearers, our ministry in the church ought to be built on prayer, preaching and teaching, the word of God in season and out of season, warning and encouraging and training and rebuking everyone to live in accordance with sound doctrine and in righteousness. It's simple. And I found it to be liberating. Don't allow myself to be pressured into man-made schemes and and strategies. And no, just whatever He says to you, do it. That's 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 the approach. Uh, God is in charge, and and dependent on Him, Lord. You you. I'll, be faithful to what you've said. I'll submit to what you say and we leave the results in your hands. You've, you've not left us as orphans. You've sent your spirit. You're building your church. You promised to do so. You've given us a glimpse into heaven of people from every nation, tribe and language. It's so liberating. It's so liberating. Just in conclusion, going forward, planning, having a mindset, knowing the mind of Christ, As it's revealed in the scriptures. Seeking to be filled with the spirit. Not grieving the spirit. Making right with God when we sin. Confessing and repenting and trusting Jesus for forgiveness. Don't confuse feelings. For what you know to be. The revealed will of God. And we need to learn again and again and remind each other. Hold each other accountable. Don't fall into the success trap. We must plan as those who live in dependence and in submission to Jesus who gave himself for us. Oh Lord, mold us and form us more and more into your likeness. May we be those who reflect Christ's likeness, even as we consider this matter of planning tonight. And Lord, as we look to the future, 2023, whatever we do, may it be with that attitude, God willing, you, Lord, permitting. And so thank you for tonight and continue with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So just the final slide. I'm going to be adding just the questions. Uh, very simple discussion again tonight. If you do follow these questions with others or perhaps even with on your own. uh, You can take a camera photograph um, of that slide. So God bless you and have a wonderful week. Uh, Looking forward to being together just on the Lord's Day um, as well.